there was some doctor in the day, there was some Vidalias, like a media DJ, doctor, and then actually being a DJ in a stadium with a huge crowd, 20,000 people on TV as well. I'm very lucky to have Vidalia, a name rising through the ranks thanks to his stylistic approach of creating house-heavy hitters in between his day job as an NHS doctor in the UK, bringing inspiring joy through music to audiences throughout the pandemic. Vidalia's music has been touted by the likes of UK rapper Example and led him to be taking the road with no other than Fat Boy Slim across arenas this upcoming autumn. A wizard in the studio just as much as he is when bringing the party to a live setting. Vidalia's remix work for the likes of DJ Mag top 100 DJs and critically acclaimed names such as Lost Frequencies and Nervo has propelled him further onto the radars that matter this infectious style with all new and original music set to land later this year. Welcome to the Start and Don't Stop podcast. I have Badalia with me today and what what a guest. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Where do I begin with your story? A doctor turned DJ, but you're still doctoring at the same time. So how how are you finding that? It's been a crazy, a crazy change in lifestyle and one that I never really predicted would happen. It's always been my my dream that I would do music alongside being a doctor. Um, and it's something I've, I've worked towards all my life. But to actually make it happen and do all the things that I've dreamt of, it, it just feels a bit crazy right now. I mean, next week I'm going on tour with Fatboy Slim. A couple of weeks ago I was supporting Rudimental, Example. Um, today I'm announcing that I've signed a record deal later on today with our first release in two weeks time and in a few weeks we'll be live on tv to 600 million people around the world so there's just so much going on right now and all this alongside working as an A&E doctor but you know the past year has been super busy for yourself but of course I've done some digging and you know even going back to 2016 you're playing at Tomorrowland that's a big achievement in itself and how did you manage to do that? So it was, is there even more DJing you know, before 2016? Has it been a passion for a yeah. long time? I've been, I've, been, I've been into music all my life. Um, throughout school, I was playing instruments, saxophone, piano, clarinet, a bit of guitar in jazz bands and orchestras. Um, I was a music scholar at school as well. Um, but it was the cooler, more commercial music I was really into. But I did all that other stuff to give me the grounding that I needed. And going to university, I wanted to just try something new and um, already enjoying dance music, I decided to try and develop myself as a, as a music producer, just get into it for fun. I wasn't, I wasn't amazing at it or anything, um, but I thought I'll buy a keyboard, plug it into my computer, download some software and, and make music. Um, and in my third year of medical school, so probably a year or two into starting as a DJ, a bedroom DJ, I entered a global DJ contest run by Tomorrowland and I won the contest and it opened so many doors for me. It changed my life overnight. I was, I played at Tomorrowland. I got bookings all over the UK. I released remixes on major record labels. Um, and that's really, that was really the starting, starting point for me to really take things up a level. That's, that's fantastic. So 600 million people you're going to be playing to. So what, can you give more details on that? Yeah. Um, it's called the London New Year's Day Parade happens every year except for yeah. last year and this year. I think the last time it was done was in 2019. 
and it's um it's the largest single day broadcast out of the uk um, and has a global broadcast audience of 600 million music artists marching bands the big celebration on new year's day and this well this coming year new year's day 1st of january 2022 they've asked if i would do a dj set on the broadcast so it's, it's very exciting <laughs> i've done a lot of tv this year and this but this is yeah. gonna be very very different for yeah. sure and I, I can't wait that's fantastic because it's not only that that's that's you know last year we couldn't have a lot of events and but you also spoke with carl cox about the future of nightlife and like where, where else you know can you explain a bit more about that like because it's, it's it's very exciting times because we feel like we're going back in but you know what, what do you think yeah, I mean, I was asked by the government to, to front up uh, an, an NHS campaign encouraging young people to get double vaccinated so that we could enjoy the good times and clubbing festivals as safely as possible. Because ultimately, having those vaccines is our way out. It serves as the best way to protect ourselves and others around us. And um, I decided to have a chat with Carl Cox for the NHS, recorded, to discuss about the vaccine, why it's important and all the things that we miss about nightlife and how we can best get back to that as safely as possible. And yeah, just to be on a, a, a Zoom call with probably the, one of the greatest DJ legends on the planet was was a bit crazy, really. Um, when I had the call up saying it's going to be Carl Cox, I thought I could talk to you about so much more than vaccines and COVID and nightlife. Like you're my icon. Um, it was amazing. So that's what we've been doing. And we just, we just agreed that, you know, we all want to get back to normal life. We, we, we miss this, this so much, whether you're, in a, whether, whether you're someone who likes being in a crowd, in a rave, surrounded by thousands of people, listening to music. That's one perspective that we miss. But the other is being that DJ on stage. You know, we miss being on stage, sharing our music with thousands of people. So we just shared those thoughts with each other um, and ultimately tried to drive awareness of being double jabbed. Yeah, like so. Yeah, Carl Cox, absolute icon. Um, but are there are there other icons that you want to be working with in the future already? Like touring with Fatboy Slim, that's what you're gonna be doing. Like I, as I said, yeah. I, I I was messaging you about um yeah you're at Camp Festival. I was there, but I missed your sex. I was put my kids to bed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like is there other people that you want to be working with in the future? There's so many big names. Um, I've, I've, I've there's so many artists I'd love to collaborate with. Yeah, it's a select a few. Like yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, one artist who I'm working on music with is somebody called Kelly Lee, and she's a name that's really yeah. rising fast through the ranks. She's been the name, well, the vocalist on a number of massive dance tracks with artists like um, James Hype or I think Low Stepper. You've got Jax Jones. She's done all the all the big dance hits. She's been Grammy nominated. Yeah, you can definitely recognise her voice. Hundred percent. It's so iconic and. Um, we were in touch over lockdown. She was supporting what I was doing. And we said, let's get in the studio sometime. Um, I met her at an event where I was performing and she was performing as well a couple of months ago. And the following three days, I went on tour with her, just like supporting her as a groupie. And we just spent a bit of time together. It was great. One of the shows, she was supporting Craig David. Another one, she was doing a gig in Coventry. And we, we just said, look, let's see what music we've got. Let's work on something. And um, yeah, we've got some stuff in the works. So Kelly Lee is one for sure. In terms of DJs, yeah. I mean, no one beats Calvin Harris in my mind. He's, he's an artist who's proven that in music you can have longevity, yet you yeah. can be so versatile and adapt to what the times 
require. So he's done the underground stuff. He's done the more commercial stuff. His sound has evolved. And I fully rate that. So if you can get a Calvin yeah. Harris Badali club, I'd, I'd be down. <laughs> Going into Las Vegas and everything like that. Yeah. He's doing. But yeah, you're, you're, you're collaborating with, with lots of people, you know, with your NHS sessions. It's like, was that, was that your idea? Did you think, right, I'm going to put on my scrubs. I'm going to just, you know, do, this is your image now. You're like the Dr. GJ. But are you going to sort of leave that behind? Or are you going to sort of still have that now? Really interesting question. It's one I keep querying in my mind. What is the direction? Yeah. Before the pandemic, when I was developing myself as a DJ, I had friends and I thought to myself that I could wear scrubs whilst DJing. But I didn't like the, the almost gimmicky perception of it. Um, people thinking that this is going to wear off. And it potentially, that image could potentially distract from good music that I want to put out there. So yeah. that thought had been, been in my mind for a while. But when, when the pandemic struck, I wanted to do something to make people feel good. You know, just spread good vibes at a time when people were feeling quite lonely or isolated. So yeah, I just literally put on some scrubs. So I thought this could work. When I look back on it, I cringe a little bit. But I don't regret it. But at the time, it felt right. And that's the main thing. So I put my scrubs on set my decks up in my kitchen live streaming became a really big thing and and it just worked um it, it, just, it just seemed to click and um going forwards i have been asked if i would do certain gigs wearing scrubs but i have said look badalia i want to put my music out as an artist i'm not i don't want to be known as the guy who wears scrubs i want to be known for the guy who does mm -hmm. this kind of music but I, I appreciate that that is part of the journey and that is a huge part of the story and why people recognize me they might recognize me on stage with scrubs, but not a flowery shirt. And I, I recognize that. So about finding ways of, you know, bringing it all together. At Camp Festival, we had a video made up that showed a minute worth of a minute video montage of all the TV clips of me in scrubs on TV or DJing my scrubs. Yeah, I saw that. And it transitioned into me wearing what I normally wear. And then I came on stage. That's like the perfect setup for me right now. Yeah. To avoid having to wear scrubs on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then you got think about the reverse side so your colleagues and and patients do they start to recognize you now or even from your tiktok are people recognizing you as a doctor which is a dj or is it a dj being a doctor now like is it a transition phase at the moment i think it's going to stick as doctor dj rolls off the tongue yeah. so what i put in my bios the blue scrubs immediately see doctor always oh, djing as well dj comes second really yeah that yeah i mean but then there are people out there who know me as a dj i'm trying to build that DJ yeah. side now by releasing the music that I've been working on for years. That's quite, it's quite an intense job being a doctor, isn't it? From a very intense job and then in your spare time or even in between you being a DJ, how, how do you manage that? Like it's not, not just for like yourself, there's probably people in a similar position. Maybe they're not being a DJ as well as a doctor, but maybe they're trying to do just content creation or trying to build up themselves as a TV doctor. How do you manage that? I think it's been, something I've been working towards for a long time. And this year it hit a point where something I did got picked up and people just, they like the concept behind it. Music's been a huge part of my life, all my, a huge part of my life for many, for many, many years. Yeah. Um, but my, my number one sort of thing is having a plan and sticking to it and adapting with the times. And I, I really back writing things down, writing down your goals, overarching big goals even ones that you feel are way way out of you know way way out, out of space kind of dreams and just trying your best to break those down into smaller and smaller achievable goals creating a map 
to achieve to achieve that end goal you can put a time frame on it some like a, a best case scenario or worst case or realistic time scenario that gives you something to follow over time and if you've got other things or other full-time jobs on the go you're actually planning this you've got a structure to follow it's not as wishy-washy i've got this dream okay i'll do a bit here a bit here there you have something to follow and the best part is if you follow this kind of a plan as you go along the route you create opportunities that you never thought existed you're following an organized approach and that opens up new experiences and actually might change what your end goal is in the end you're always making progress that's the thing yeah. and i think that's, that's probably my number one piece of advice write things down and write down your goals and break them down to achieve anything across the board i was going to ask you a question similar to this but you sort of answered it now was there ever a point where you got went all right actually i don't think i can probably achieve that goal of going into djing was there any point where you just went, right, I don't think it's achievable anymore? And what helped you overcome that? I, I question myself all the time. Even now, I, yeah. I'm thinking, what is the what longevity do I have as a DJ? And I, I take it back to basics and I think, where did I start and where did I want to end up? And the, my, my thing is music's always going to be my passion. Medicine's also my passion. I'm always going to do both in some mm. capacity. Whether I'm on tour all the time as a DJ or not is kind of irrelevant. It's more the fact that yeah. I, I love learning about the music business. I love networking with people. I love being on stage when I can be. I am all I'm always thinking, when will this end? Like when will the hype die down? Because the career of an artist is is incredibly short these days. You know, you go into the limelight and suddenly dip out. I'm here to ride ride the wave but also prove that I'm here to stay, I think. It'll take time. I'll be known for a bit, I might disappear for a bit, but then I'll come back. <laughs> but I think we're sort of in this new generation of, of artists because, you know, without touring for the past year a lot of people went to content creating so like people were still keeping their career alive by you know creating content especially with tiktok so we're coming on to tiktok now where, where i found you messaged you but how are you finding tiktok as, as an artist not as a, a doctor because <laughs> that's another that's another area yeah entirely. i've not really used it much as an artist like putting my, i've not had yeah. i've not put music out on there at all and that, that's something i will be doing mm. i've done some content as like a creator where say a brand will ask me to push something or, or, or put a song that a record label, a song, a record label will ask me to put a certain song on a video as like a collaboration, things like that. But I think, I think it's such an incredible platform. And actually it's only been over the last two, three weeks when we actually met where I started posting two, three times a day just to see what, what the hype is all about. Cause I have a lot of friends who use yeah. it. And I, was, I wanted to try something new. I think the organic reach on it is phenomenal. You can't predict it. It's just, it beats everything else out there. And if you want eyes on you, that is the place to be. Definitely is. Like there's, because um, I know a lot of artists have been quite hesitant to go on there um, and be themselves. And I've, I've seen I've seen a few, I don't want to name names, but like they're on there, but they, they just use their own music rather than like the community's music. And like, I think you've used it really well. And if you're saying you've only been really using it over the past three weeks, you've done really well to achieve thousands of followers. Yeah. Instagram as well is, is, has been helping you because I've, I've noticed like, you, again, you're going back to collaborating like, live with people, or even just having discussions on, on, on like mental health and, and well-being. Behind all you know, social media, everyone always has that stigma of, all right, is it good for your mental health? There, there's two sides of it. But let's think positively, like, has it has it helped you? Interestingly, before the pandemic, I was very uncomfortable with social media. I didn't really like the relationship I, I had with it or what I believe social media was all about. However, I did use it because it was a platform to get my music out there, show people what I'm doing and, and network. With the pandemic, I think there's been a complete shift in my mind as to what social media represents. 
seems to be this place where you can build a community, you can spread positive messages, um, and you and you can be creative for all the right reasons. You start. I started seeing a bigger shift in people posting valuable content. I mean, I'm not going to say my stuff, but it definitely impacts people. Mm. But I would see a chef out there making reels on how to make a quick meal. And I just thought, this, this, is, this is just what I need right now. I'm seeing more and more yeah. of this stuff. I'm seeing less and less of the stuff that is based on like vanity or you know, things, things that don't really make you feel good about yourself. That's where I'm yeah. at now with it. I think you're really powerful. And having the option to do things like live streams, conversations, you know, you can really, um, you can really make people feel good about themselves and add value to their lives. That's, I think that's why it should be used. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've learned a lot on, on TikTok the past year. Well, you're in a bit now. Just, you know, you said about chefs. It's like, I know how to make potatoes in a hundred ways now. And I've, I've even tried <laughs> or, yeah. or baking bread. You can, you can learn so much from social media yeah. uh, and so quickly as well. Like, do you sometimes find it, you know, as an artist and, you know, as a person as well, like, is, is it distracting you at, at certain times? It can be. I find that I'm, I'm generally busy all the time. And the yeah. question is more like, where do I want to focus my energy? I found that it's less distracting for me because I'm focusing so much on the behind the scenes stuff, like making the music, arranging the gigs, re- connect, networking with people. Actually, I don't always feel like I'm actually creating enough content. Um, yeah. and, it, and it comes in waves. Um, I actually have to physically consciously set set time aside to to make videos or go on there because yeah. i just i go through waves of like creativity in my mind and waves of not that's yeah. where i'm at with it now i'm in the same position and i know many others are it's, you do have the waves you just hit the nail on the head there because it's just like right i'm gonna make like three videos now it'd be great and then you go for like four days you, you don't do it because you're doing something else because it's, it's it's a full-time job in itself creating content putting it on editing it Replying to comments, it's just like, I suppose that's non-stop. That's why you know you got social media managers. It's... Yeah, yeah, it's non-stop. I, I respect people who can come up with ideas all the time and get in front of the camera all the time. And that's that's one thing I find quite difficult actually being in front of an iPhone all the time. Like I want to be on stage in front of people. Yeah. But sometimes I will want to post content just because I have an idea. I see TikTok as like a safe space. It's not really yeah. me as a DJ or a doctor. It's kind of a bit of both. And if I want to train and I find something that's funny, I'll put that on as well. Yeah, seeing you on a train, just like, you know, what's this person doing in my seat or whatever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going from that, it's just, you go to for motivation, right? Like, people say, like, there's something that drives people with motivation. I know you're going to say passion, but that's a lot of things that you want to be doing. And you certainly have to focus your time on. And certain things like if you could if you have a, like a magic wand what would you focus your time on the most if everything else was setting out out of all the different things i do whether it's yeah like tv making music touring making a new track everything my, my, my number one thing that i want to do more of is be on stage yeah that's it i, I want to do I, I would do whatever it takes to do that I love making music. I love playing my music, but I love being on stage. I love being in front of people. That'd be my, that, that's what my magic wand would do. But, but I also love the experiences of everything else. Yeah. Like doing interviews on TV or discussing topics that are quite controversial in the health world or politically, like all the COVID stuff is a new experience for me. I like being out, being out of my comfort zone. So you're saying like, you know, you want to be on, on stage more and stuff. Is it, what is it about, because you say you want to like being in front of people but is it how they react to everything you do whether like a certain way you, you drop something or is it a certain way you 
you get them to interact with you what what is it like everything is everything i think the it's, it's the way you can it's more than just being on the stage it's the having built up your music library having certain tracks in your repertoire that only you have and then seeing their response when you play it when they've never heard that track ever before because it's an unreleased track by a friend of mine who made the song is taking them on that journey throughout that hour or hour and a half giving them bits of things that they've heard before but also teasing them things the things that they've never heard before that's it and i think it's the the reaction you see it's the feeling of being at an event with my friends my family and they're people who often give me music they, they'll say like oh can you play this or sound great for these speakers I'm like yeah let's give it a go it's absolutely everything i think it's being around people who i'm familiar with as well is really key so i can share share that experience ultimately being on stage is playing songs i love to listen to through my headphones on my speakers at home through like a massive system it's different <laughs> yeah it's different <laughs> yeah yeah going back to like you know creating content i think you are at a very good stage right now um you're about to go on a huge tour that voice them but then like that will be your content being created so then there have to be a point where you hand over some of it over to someone else to go right you know create those best clips and things like that like are you going to be doing that i'm going to be doing some of it 100 percent. really when i'm there i'll be quite distracted because my head will be in the zone i want to perform but i'm not going to miss an opportunity like that to not create some like really good content for sure one of the best pieces of advice i've had from someone else who's does music and other business stuff was try and get other people to do things to offload certain stresses and one of the, the obvious things is having someone who can film you i've got a friend who is into videography does a lot of filming for brands and things like that he's building his repertoire so why don't you come along he'll have like access backstage he can film me we'll create a youtube video yeah different to the kind of tiktok stuff you'd set you'd see but it's, it's a longer format video and it allows me to document the journey but alongside that, I will also create my own content as well, because like, the more TikTok-y stuff as well. You cannot really offload the TikTok stuff because people notice it, don't they? They always go, actually, this is too curated. Like, you know, you, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I've experienced yeah. myself where I try to do like, a really neat video to, you know, show something. And everyone just, you get no no feedback. It's just like, it's quite, it's quite plastic. Right. And the thing is, on TikTok, they like raw footage, really simple not the best videos that i mean the videos that i've done the best for me are the ones that have taken the less time it's, it's the irony of it I've, it? Not, I've not even thought too hard about the ones that i've spent three four hours editing <laughs> they don't do any they don't do any good <laughs> but so you you mentioned youtube is, is that something you know you, you want to go down because you gather more long form and then you send you having your videographer for friends and everything is it going to be more of like documentary based or like vlog based what's what sort of style are you going for? i think i want to go for a bit of both really all these platforms have their advantages and one of the advantages of YouTube is that you can put long format videos and people can get to know you a bit more in depth. Two kinds of videos I like to do are the vlog format ones. People have a bit of an insight into what, what my lifestyle is like. For me, that's just my life. I get a lot of messages from people saying, it'd be great to see how you do things, how you juggle your life, what you're into. And I've always thought, why does anyone care about what I do? And then other friends say, well, yeah. people just like to see what other people are up to. So that's one thing I like to do, just to share that. And if people want to sort of take inspiration or adjust their lifestyles, then sure they can do that um but the other format would be backstage content at gigs where i've got a videographer sort of following my journey a bit more documentary style yeah just, just following me around really yeah i haven't thought too hard about it i kind of just want to get i've got so much video content from summer as well i've not edited together but I'll, I'll find a place for it so people get a bit more of an insight rather than a 10 to 30 second clip that they see on instagram or tiktok 
music's your passion it's it's on your mind all the time you know i'm I'm not a producer or anything but i'm I'm always listening to music anywhere i go and everything but so inspiration wise whether you're creating a track or you're you wanted to make a you know sort of a mix or anything like that like where does it come from because are, are you thinking about it when you're at work is it is it even there like you you just think right What's your process? Are you, you writing things down? Go right. I think it will be sound like this. Or what's your process like? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few different places I get inspiration from. The most common one would be when I'm driving uh, and I hear like a new song on the radio, and I think that's cool. I like what they've done on this song in this particular area. I like what they've done with the percussion or this sound or this sound. Whatever. It'll be something quite specific. I might think that works well with another track I've started making, so let's try and incorporate that here. That's a common place to get inspiration. The other would be when I'm sent music by my cousin, for example, who's a really, really close person in my life, comes to all my gigs, does the tour managing stuff, shoots a lot of the video content, and um, he'll send me a lot of music and say, why don't you try something like this? Now, I'm into all kinds of music. I love it all. I predominantly make dance music, and more pop sort of stuff. But I've tried out a lot of different genres and tried to combine things, just experiment to see what direction I want to go into. And um, that's where the, the inspiration for music I release comes from, just, try, just trying out different things and what, what, what else is out there and ideas and trying out different world sounds or yeah. something like, it's so broad, but it all starts with being inspired from somewhere. And then with mixes, it's like the DJ sets, it's usually if I hear a, a song on radio on a late night show or um, even Instagram, like Diplo put a video today, like, that's a cool song. So I've saved that. Yeah. And when it shows down that song and hopefully be able to find it and play that on my set, they're absolutely everywhere. I just record it whenever I whenever I find the song I, or hear a song, I, I just try and write it down somewhere and collect them. It must be very, yeah, as I said about myself, like, I've listened to a song all the time, but I would never produce something like, oh, it'd be great if this was mixed to this, but like, I'm guessing for yourself, you're like, right, I can do this. <laughs> but with being a doctor, Come back to it now. If you were, I'm not sure what your plans are, but if you, say if you took yourself out of that position, you're not a doctor anymore and you're just a DJ, do you think that would affect the way you probably make your music because that's like a different zone or is it not at all? Is it more of you're just anywhere for inspiration? If I was only a DJ, I would see it much more as work. And um, I don't know how natural things would feel for me like to create music. There'd be a lot more pressure on myself to, to deliver things and possibly just stick to what's commercial and what makes money rather than what it's hard to say because I'm not in that situation really but, but, but being, having a full-time job and one thing I love having a full-time job whilst developing I guess a side hustle is it gives you that stability having a full-time job it allows you to be relaxed and creative when you want to do your passion there's, there's less of a pressure to have to make money from it so what, what advice would you give to to those which are you know do have a side hustle which is their passion as well like what what tips do you, would you give to them I think it's to be consistent and appreciate that it's a long game. We see a lot of things happening or seeming to happen overnight on social media and actually it's been the years of hard work. Um, so I think it's just to, if you believe in something, just to, to keep going at it. That's one thing I've learned and it's something I'm, because I'm genuinely passionate about this, this is something I've been doing for five, 10 years. Different formats, but really sort of five, six years as a DJ. And it's now in this year, it's starting to be seen. Um, I think consistency is key, but also organisation, so planning, writing things down, setting yourself goals and following a plan. Where do you see yourself in five years? Or where do you want to be, actually? Where do you want to be in five years' time? In five years' time, I would like to have released a lot of my own original music, and that's starting in two weeks' time. I would like to have done more main stages at festivals, 
the first ever one I did was at Camp Festival in July. I was crazy. <laughs> uh, I'd like to do a lot more of those. Um, I'd like people to want to come and see me at gigs because of my music or because of whatever impact the performances that they've seen or heard about has had on them and made them feel. That's what I want. I want that to be something that grows over time. I feel like you're manifesting that already. <laughs> you, you got that look about you just like, yeah, that's going to happen now. That's, that's what I want. It's small steps, but I'll, I'll take that. And if it doesn't happen, I've tried everything I possibly can. And, I, and I've loved the journey. I think that's key. You have to love the journey. The common theme throughout the podcast is a lot of people say they enjoy the journey because if you don't, then what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You've got you to love the ups and downs, the successes, the failures. And at the start, there's a lot more failures and successes. It's those feelings of failure or rejection that actually drive you to want to succeed and point you in the right direction and carve the path for you. Probably my, my final question. I'm just quite interested to know. So what has been your busiest day where there, you had to be a doctor and a DJ on the same day? What was that looking like? Do you have to like get up at 3 a.m., go to work, and then come, like, at the end of it, you finish at 3 a.m.? I've, I've had some pretty mad days in the last few months for definite um a good example i mean there's there's been days where i've been all weeks i've been working in a and e for a number of shifts and then at night I had a gig or um, in the evening I had a festival one fun one was when i had i did a few hours of work in the morning and then about lunchtime i did this interview with carl cox for this nhs campaign on zoom which went out on socials and tv and on youtube and then in the afternoon i was DJing at this cricket tournament called the Hundred at Edgebaston Stadium, which was packed, sold out cricket cricket tournament, uh, televised on Sky and BBC, and it kind of inc- incorporated everything I was passionate about. There was some doctor in the day, there was some medallia as like a media DJ doctor, and then actually being a DJ in a stadium with a huge crowd, twenty thousand people on TV as well. That's the ultimate crossover. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And, mm. and, the, and the main thing is every week is so different. You know, every day is different. Some weeks are super busy. Some some aren't so busy in terms of what people see, but behind the scenes, there's a lot going on. With Carl Cox, was that because you were in your scrubs? But like, were you, is that your day job at that point? As in, or was it actually both where your your works allowed you to do that? I'm just quite interested in that. You mean just where I worked, allowed me to do? That. So was it was it on your work time, basically? Because because you talk about vaccines, surely that can be under work, or was it not? It's not, it's not work time. Um, in August, I finished my contract, my full-time contract as a doctor. And now I'm essentially doing what would be the equivalent of a freelance. So I'm working every week, but I'm more flexible in what shifts I can and can't take. Now, when I was in the contract and all this media stuff was happening, they were very, they were very, um, not, they were very understanding and supportive of everything else I was doing in the media. I kept it quite low profile at work. I didn't really want people to know because I didn't want them to, um, yeah. I, I don't know, I just felt like it was separate yeah. to being at work. When I'm at work, I'm there to look after the patients. Outside of work at home, I'm there to do everything else I do. And there came a point where I'd say to work, look, I'm needed on BBC Breakfast this morning at seven in the morning. I might, I might, I might come, I have to be at work at eight, but it might, I might not be until half eight, nine. And they would say, look, that's fine. We agree. We understand. As long as you can get someone to cover that area from this time to this time, all good. That support went a long way. And um, there are weeks where, I mean, there's one week where um, I think The Guardian put an article out on the Sunday. And on the Monday I had, when I, signal in the hospital was rubbish. Like NHS Wi-Fi was not the one. So I had to go outside to reload my emails. And I had five, I had five, I had 
Channel Channel Five with Jeremy Vine in my emails. Like ITV National, I had BBC Breakfast, I had BBC Radio Five Live, um, and I had Sky. All like that, wanting me for the next day. I thought, how am I going to tell my bosses about this? Like, I think they don't want to give me a day off for this. <laughs> and um, we managed to spread it across the week, and they were, they were supportive. But then in contrast, the following week, there was nothing. But, you know, it's, it's great that you carried it on, though, because to go from a very busy week like that, and then you said that the next week, but you're here now. You're about to release a new track. Well done. <laughs> like, Thank you. So how, how do your parents feel about that? Like, you know, you were from university, but you were doing all this. There must be surely they're you know, supporting you anyway with, um, you know, instruments and things like that. But how do they feel about your position now and that, that they still supportive? Yeah. They've always been amazingly supportive. They, yeah. Um, yeah, they they got me into music, um, and obviously supported me having lessons, music lessons at school. And uh, with the DJing at university, their rule was really: look, if you pass your exams, do do what else you want to do. It's fine. Just like that's okay. Don't be distracted. Don't fail your exams. So as long as I pass my exams, they're happy. And um, yeah, with lockdown, I think they they've just seen the progression gradually over the last eighteen months, and um, they've been really excited to be part of it. And it's nice when they watch it on TV, really. I sometimes ask them, how was that? And they're like, yeah, that was good. But then my dad says to me, look, to be honest, like, this is, what, this is way, out, way, out of what I, way out of my comfort zone now. Like, I, don't, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Like, just keep doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Because normally I'd go to them for advice on things. That was, if I was DJing or trying to sort something out. But with this, with this new lifestyle, it's not something that they yeah. really get. But they support it. That's good. That's good to hear because um, yeah. Because I, I know some of the listeners like that they're not sure if they you know want to go to university and things like that. But you you did both. You you went through with it. You kept it. You working your, your passion as a side hustle, and you know it's, it's it's really benefited you. Yeah, I think the number one reason they they support is they're supportive people, but also they they saw that I was working towards something, and they saw what my approach was. I think if you need to get parents on the side to support you. If you tell them a ridiculously big dream, they might say, "Okay, that's a massive dream," and not not believe that you'll achieve it purely because they don't they haven't they haven't quite grasped how you how you get there. But if you show them that you're actually willing to make this work and break it down to them and say, "These are the steps we're going to take," why wouldn't they support you as long as the important things like passing your exams are achieved? Have you got a, a closing note or like a Dahlia way of saying, you know, keep on keep going at it? I would just say. Thank you to absolutely everyone who has yeah who has supported my journey and um, yeah thanks Tim for having me on your podcast. I hope I hope you enjoy my track when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Oh, no, thank you for coming on. Like your story is, is brilliant and I hope it can resonate with a lot of people and people you know might follow in your footsteps or even bigger DJs are probably listening in now and we have you on. Thank oh, you so amazing. much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.